Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Uh, This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I'm excited to bring you a guest, uh, Dr. Corey Campbell of Motion Palpation Institute. He is the vice president of MPI, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to know him since probably 2003 when I started MPI as far as a student and learning, and I've been able to learn from him a lot, and it's been great. He's also in private practice. Uh, One of the things that I've always admired about the MPI instructors is they all have private practices that they're fully involved in. It's successful. They're doing it the right way. They're applying. They're not just out teaching people and they're not doing it back in their communities. They're they're really in the trenches and they're giving you up-to-date information. It's just been something that for me, I, you know, I was a little lost when I was in chiropractic school early on, like I think a lot of people have fallen into. And early on, I, you know, I just, I don't know, the philosophy stuff wasn't for me. And I wanted to work with athletes. A sports injury niche was definitely there. And I just couldn't find it until I was introduced to the Motion Palpation Club at Logan campus there. And once I found them, I, I really found my tribe. And so I spent the rest of my time in college going to like three times a week to the club, going to their seminars uh, while I was a student. When I graduated going to the seminars, I've been lucky enough to, I think it was in 2008 or nine, I was doing a lot with golf. So I did a whole golf seminar with MPI in Daytona, spoke at their sports symposium in Chicago last month. And so I've just always been involved with them and they really helped guide me to clinical um I don't hate to use the word clinical excellence, but really felt competent coming out of school to where I knew I could apply what they taught me to first the associateship I was part of and then in partnership into my own practice to where I could get better. They gave me the tools to really get good at evaluation, a set joint assessment, and the adjustment. And as you'll hear from Dr. Campbell, motion palpation is more than just adjusting. Okay. It's a big part of it, but they're, they're just offering so many things to make doctors better clinically. And so we dive into that. Uh, For me, this is an exciting episode. I always enjoy talking to Corey and uh, he's got a lot of good insights. He's been in a partnership. He's worked for a multidisciplinary group. He's got his own practice, had that for a while. So he's, he's run the gamut kind of like I have, you know, I've been in a partnership, I've been an associate and I've had my own practice. So it's good to run through that and learn from folks that, uh, that have. So I hope you enjoy this episode. MPI is is just doing a lot of great things, and they're going to be doing a lot more in educating the, the chiropractic profession on how to be a thriving doctor. So enjoy the episode. I hope you have a great week in practice, and I'll talk to you next week. All right. Welcome to the show, Corey. I really uh, appreciate your time today. I'm looking forward to chatting a little bit more, following up from our in-person dinners and symposiums in Chicago last month. That was a good time. Uh, how's everything going this week for you? Everything's going good. It's been busy here, so I can't complain. It's been good. Give our audience a little bit about yourself, both uh, personally and professionally. Professionally, I practice in Omaha, Nebraska. 
prior to having my own office called Omaha Spine Sport here in Omaha, I worked in a multidisciplinary setting uh, here in Omaha for about eight years at a place called the Nebraska Spine Center. It was a it's largely orthopedic spine surgeons. It's owned by eight or nine of them, kind of a joint practice. So I worked there prior to going out on my own again for the second time. And it was a good experience. I was the only chiropractor in this facility. It's a large facility. At the time, it was nine orthopedic spine surgeons, three physical therapists, two physiatrists, staff of about 70. And I was the only chiropractor there. So it was truly a multidisciplinary, we were all under one roof. It was truly a multidisciplinary setting. And so through that, I was able to, um, I was able to sit in and scrub in on a lot of surgeries, uh, spine surgeries, pretty much everything has ever been out there that's been done, everything except for an artificial disc. I did get to sit in on a part of that. I didn't get to see all of it, but um, I did get to see some of that. So luckily it gave me a lot of perspective. So it was a good experience. It was, I'm glad I did it. Um, it gave me a lot of confidence just to treat a lot of different things because I was seeing things a lot of chiropractors weren't at the time. So prior to that, I was in Lincoln in a partner practice. So I started up a practice with a, another MPI rep and then moved into that position at the Spine Center. So professionally, that's my been my career. I've been doing this for 16 years. In August, it will be so. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good background for sure. I know you got a few rugrats running around as well, right? Yeah, we have four kids. Um, two of the girls, have fourteen and eleven, and so they're both in softball. So that's we're busy with that. And second grade boy playing baseball right now. So we spend most of our weekends outside at, at ball fields. So okay, so you got you got private practice that you you own and operate and practice in. You've got family. You also are one of the lead instructors for Motion Palpation Institute, correct? Yeah, so I'm officially I'm the vice president, which just means I get to do the things that Mark doesn't want to do or doesn't know how to do. So it doesn't really mean a whole lot. But yeah, I'm part of the board with uh, Mark and Brett. So those are the three board members. And I've been teaching for MPI since 2003, uh, ever since I got out of school. So where do you find the time to manage it all? Um, that's a good question. You just have to, I let somebody else run my calendar so that I can look at it and see where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. And I just ask a lot of questions and hope that I'm in the right places at the right time, but it's just, you just got to schedule things out in advance. So we're scheduled out through August right now. So it yeah. just, it just happens. Are you doing a good job of delegating a lot of stuff? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I, this year has been better. I think every year you learn something more and more and I'm teaching a little bit less with MPI. And so we're kind of looking to, you know, expand if we need to add some some instructors, if, if it continues to go the way it's going, we will have to add instructors just because, you know, Brett and I both have kids and try to manage that. It can be, it can be challenging. Um, you just have to have super understanding family, which I do. So I'm fortunate for that. Well, that's good. And it's exciting to see practice grow. It's exciting to see motion palpation. The couple of gentlemen you mentioned earlier is Mark King and Brett Winchester. Obviously they are also in private practice and also trying to help out chiropractors. And it's great to see, you know, I, I started with MPI learning from you guys in 2003. Uh, I was a student, probably tried three or four and then con continued on through that. And it was just uh, so instrumental and it's, it's cool. You know, 2019, I can't believe it's been that long <laughs> I know. and I know. Uh, you guys are still at it and still growing it, which is exciting. So uh, what's new in the land of motion palpation Institute? So we just continue to grow and we continue to kind of tweak things. A few years ago, when I was taking MPI, we had 
spine one and spine two and we had upper extremity and a lower extremity class it was kind of broken up into regions and we've changed all that we actually just have an mpi spine class that covers all of the spine instead of breaking it up into like an upper and lower lumbar pelvis and thoracic cervical regions so uh, we just have a spine class which i'm doing one this weekend in portland to a sold out group so that'll be fun and then we have just an extremity class so our two main classes are just our palpation adjusting classes which is the spine class and the extremity class and then when brett and i came on and we started teaching we were at the time going through the rehab diplomat and traveled to Prague and done all that and so we actually started two functional classes Um, they've changed names a couple times since we've started it and so now we have the upper integration classes and the lower integration classes which is a palpation and adjusting class along with functional assessment rehab soft tissue like it brings the other things into practice that we do as well and that's actually now that you mentioned that what's new in the land of motion palpation we've actually kind of started to gravitate towards the specialty classes because they're very similar to the integration classes so we get more and more requests for like the disc class and the shoulder class and like the sports summit whiplash and those kinds of things we're kind of moving towards and the gate class we're kind of moving even away from the integration classes and into some of these what we call specialty classes because people seem to be a little more interested in you know the shoulder disc eight and so uh, and they're they bring in the same things that the integration classes do just in a little more focused way so that's new we've added classes internationally so we go to Bournemouth England on a regular basis Santiago Chile on a regular basis we go to Montreal about once a year so we've added some international classes that way and we've expanded out a little more into like the state associations. I've done a lot more of those recently as well. So that's kind of what's new. We just continue to refine and tweak the product so that it's our biggest goal is to, to make these classes really palatable. Like we want you to learn something from them and be able to use it. I know the, I think the lip service is, you know, Monday morning applicability. Like you can use this right away on Monday morning. I don't think that necessarily happens because to learn something new and think you can apply it right away, I think is a, bit of a myth, but we do want to be like a, a Texas or an Omaha steak. You know, we want every every part of the class to be something that's that's got some meat to it and that it has some use to it. We don't have any fluff in our classes is what I'm trying to say. And it's all workshop based for the most part so that you can get your hands on, on a new skill or refine a skill that you maybe haven't done in a while and then learn some new things that you can integrate into your office and your clinical setting that makes you better clinically and makes you more marketable in your area. So that's our goal is to make these classes just packed with information and useful information, not just filler stuff. Well, that's what I got from it. You know, I obviously I was in Chicago with you guys for the sports symposium and it was around the shoulder. I stayed the whole weekend and I attended all of the the different classes and it was great. I mean, it was just a really in-depth assessment and treatment of the shoulder from everything from the adjustment side of things to obviously soft tissue and some DNS type rehab. And I, I left there was like, wow, like I really feel, and I felt pretty good. You know, I've been practicing for, for 14 years as well. So I felt pretty good about it, but it was still so relevant to what I'm doing in my practice. And I took away a lot of stuff. And I think uh, some of the experienced doctors out there, it's not, so I guess motion palpation now is not just going and learning how to adjust and, and palpate. That's obviously a big part of, of it. And, and I think we all can get better at that. I know I can, 
but it's also more, like you said, getting to be an expert in disc issues. I took the gait analysis course you guys offered. I think it was in Cincinnati back in maybe 05, 06. That was great. That really got me on the track of understanding gait analysis and how to implement that. So it's definitely different than what, say, the name implies, Motion Palpation Institute. It's a lot more integrated into just becoming an amazing clinician. Yeah. And that's, you know, we've toyed around and just thought about the idea because it's, you know, the Motion Palpation Institute now isn't your grandpa's motion palpation. Like it's not what you, like a lot of the docs out there, I don't think they realize what MPI has evolved into. And that was Faye's biggest thing is that he wanted to create this ever evolving, ever learning growth mindseted institute that would continue to change. And it has. And so I think some of the docs maybe don't understand or just have this preconceived idea what MPI is. And like you've seen, like the sports summit's a great, I think it's a great venue. I like the like setup and all that primarily because it was my idea, not Mark's. <laughs> but, but I think it's MPI, but there's also, we've added layers and useful layers, not just filler information. So it's something that, again, we're trying to get out there with your help and some other people's help to, you know, get out a bigger presence and let people know that we offer more than just palpation adjusting, that we just truly want you to be great clinicians and we want you to be great with your hands as your foundation, but that we do offer very useful workshop-based classes that incorporate a lot of different things. Yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things that I've, I kind of preach is what it takes to be a thriving chiropractor. And it's the, the, the essence of that's going to be different for everybody. You know, success is defined by the person, but I think to be really good at what we do I call it the three-legged stool, and it sits on a bedrock of communication, right? So communication is a big thing, but then the three-legged stool is marketing business, but then it's clinical skill. And I think what's happening, unfortunately, is the clinical skill side of things is being put a little bit to the wayside and people are thinking that they can market their way and business their way through through this. And I, I don't think that can happen. I think you really have to have that clinical skill set. And it's not going to happen out of school. Even if you're like the best in your class at whatever, right. clinically, like it's not, you're not going to be the best in your community right away and probably not even within the first five, 10 years of practicing. And so you got to always be fine tuning that. And I, f- I feel like that's what you guys just produce a great chiropractor. I think if there was like a tagline, it would be that. Right. And that's our goal. I mean, you see it with the students now. They have so many things that are thrown at them. You know, you have DNS, you have McKinsey, you have ART, you have SFMA, you have FMS. You have all this stuff out there that you can do. And, you know, if you listen to some of the, the people that promote the classes, then they're always the only way. And, you know, our thing is that we don't want you to be a, a jack of all trades and a master of none. We want you to be a master primarily we want you to be great with your hands and that's the clinical skill part. And then there's that clinical decision-making part that we put in our classes. Like it's great to be like, for example, and not to bash on anybody, but if you're great at ART, everything looks like a muscle adhesion and there's clinical indications that would say, Hey, ART is great in this situation, but maybe in another situation that looks the same, once you make those clinical decisions based on some assessments and your ability to palpate joints and muscles, then you would say, no, maybe a PIR or some sort of DNS rehab exercise would be better for this case because it's not a muscle adhesion issue. It's this issue. So we really want these classes to not only clinic our skill side, we want you to be great at palpation adjusting at the end of a motion palpation class, but we also want to get you to 
think about the clinical decision making that goes into it and that a big part of that if you're going to be truly a great chiropractor and you have to know how to assess the joint system and, and in our opinion there's no better way to assess the joint system than through than through palpation you can do functional screens you can do you know some quantitative testing and those kinds of things but nothing's going to tell you what the joint system is doing better than having three different palpations in your toolbox because that's you know there's that joint assessment part is the part that seems that everybody kind of disagrees with and that's what all the Facebook rants are about but honestly like if you have those tools and that clinical skill set then you have something that a lot of people don't and then you add the clinical decision making on top of it and you're a force to be reckoned with with your other tools yeah no absolutely and I and I I've kind of made it known as well I have a concern within the profession probably more in the evidence informed or slash evidence based part of it is I think too many chiropractors are getting away from the adjustment part of it. And I don't know what the root of it is because there's just so many good supporting evidence for the adjustment, obviously when it's administered correctly. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's maybe the chiropractors unsure themselves an adjuster when they leave school and they don't get enough repetition because maybe they're seeing four or five people in a day and then they become concerned with their skill set of it. And then they just try to find other avenues to build a practice. Uh, maybe they, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the root cause of it is that maybe they're joining some of these Facebook groups and they're seeing that um, MDT fixes everything. <laughs> I, I don't know. And right. I, but I'm, I am of the uh, school of thought that we are trained in something that is so difficult for people to master outside of our profession. You know, people are concerned with PTs adjusting and DOs. They're never going to be as good as us if we actually take this seriously. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I totally agree. Like, I think the evidence-based practice or evidence-informed practice movement, if you will, is is good. I mean, I think that's where we want to be. And MPI has been on the evidence-based side, you know, ever since I took a class with them and, and have been teaching for them. But there are some things that you can't, you just can't test in a, in a research setting. And one of those is palpation. And we know the reliability of what that reliability is, but it's the ultimate end goal is to get good clinical outcomes. And manipulation has been shown to get good clinical outcomes and is, is safe and all of that. And so, the fact that we're if some people focus on there's no evidence behind palpation, but if you look at the outcomes of manipulation, what makes you better at manipulation is being able to find restrictions and joint restrictions. Whether that's based in a lot of hardcore research or not, that's a tool. It's a skill. It's something. It's it's no different than a, a beginning ART practitioner and somebody that's been doing it as long as you. There's a difference between those those two people because one's very robotic. One's you're using clinical skill. You're using something that can't be measured in a, in a research setting. And I agree. Like I think everybody else in the manual care and healthcare world is moving towards the manipulation and chiropractors and in, in some sects are moving away from some sectors are moving away from the manipulation. Like it's mind boggling to think that we have this and that we want to be so anti straight chiropractor that we're going the other way. And we're saying, well, there's no research that says palpation is good, so why should we even do it? But the research says the outcomes with manipulation are great. Then there's this dichotomy that I don't understand that why why would we move away from something that everybody's moving towards? Why can't we just get really good at it? And then we could layer on these other things. And so that's, <clears throat> I agree with you. Like it's, 
it's an interesting time in the profession right now. It is. And I think it's an overarching theme. You mentioned it, you know, like we're so concerned with what maybe the other side of the profession has maybe done wrong. And that can be everything from overutilizing x-ray maybe to crazy report of findings to like these extensive six month year long care plans that we've in a lot of ways we've completely gone onto the other side too far against a bunch of these different variables but then we've done it to our own detriment right like i had mark king on my podcast last year and i know we talked about in chicago like the whole idea of a of a care plan is not a, a dirty word. It's not a no. bad thing. Like a treatment plan is necessary for these people. It's, yeah. Yeah. You don't need to bait and switch them like $27 for an exam, come in and then sell them for $6,000 for the next uh, eight months. But you, you need to be deliberate with what your patient communication is and why they maybe need to come in for an X period of time for that. And so I, I think it's just an overall problem we're seeing in the evidence-based, evidence-informed. And one of the things I'm trying to do is have people on and let's try to get more towards the center of things a bit here, right? Right. Be patient-centered, bridge that gap between what the research tells us and what your hands and and your clinical skills and those kind of things can tell you. Because I agree, you have to treatment plan because ultimately we're just going to be talking pure joint system. If we're going to make changes to the to the joint system, you can't do that in one or two visits. And I get the negative stigma of having long treatment plans, but there are times when it's, if you're going to make positive adaptive changes, if you're going to make people more functional and you're going to make the muscle and the joint and the CNS systems adapt in a more ideal way, then you can't do that in two visits. Like that's impossible. Even the DNS people will tell you that. And so as chiropractors, like we kind of have to realize that, yeah, there's this negative stigma out there, but people want treatment plans and we don't know what works if we don't treatment plan. And so we're a group of people that swing too far one direction. Once the pendulum gets to a certain place, we're like, oh, we don't want to be those bait and switch, long treatment plans, heavy philosophy. You know, we don't want to be that. So let's swing all the way the other way and not do anything that the research doesn't tell us that we could, that has a good outcome or has good reliability or validity. Like there's a middle ground and a big part of that middle ground is using what we know works out there and then making that a skill set. The skill set's never going to be validated in the research to a high level just because it's a skill set. It's something that you have to learn and it's going to change as you as you get better and learn new things. So I agree. I'm totally on board with that. Cool. So, you know, one of the things that I've always noticed about, and this is a general statement, and I know there's it's not 100% true, but I just feel like a lot of the chiropractors that have gone through MPI through school really dedicated themselves to it, followed through with it after graduation into their career, tend to be pretty successful chiropractors. And you know, you've been instructing for years now. What are some of the characteristics of MPI docs that you've seen that have translated into such uh, practice success overall? Yeah, I mean, this is a great question. It's been interesting to see. And Brett, and Mark and I have had these conversations a lot over the years is, you know, we'll have an MPI rep that's just a stud, smart, relatively driven, great adjuster. We've seen them completely fall on their faces, you know, like we would have, if I had a hundred bucks, you know, we'd all put it on the, on this guy for succeeding in practice, whatever your definition of success is, and then see them just completely fall on their face. So, you know, the ones that do well are the ones that one are clinically 
you know, always learning, like they're always getting better and they realize that they're going to have to learn more, get better clinically with their hands, their palpation, their adjusting, their muscle work, their rehab. They're going to have to get better with all these, the skill part. But the ones that really succeed are the ones that have a little bit of that. Tell me I can't do something so I can prove you wrong kind of attitude. Like that's the people that I see. Like if there's one underlying theme with people that succeed in the MPI world, it's those people that kind of struggled with the whole skill part of it early on and then got better as they went. Like, so there's this grit to them that they just, they weren't going to let somebody be able to do something that they couldn't. And the other part is that these people that do well, they're great communicators and they're starting to work on their communication skills with their patients in school. That's the other thing is that they're always looking for ways to be able to communicate what it is they're doing to their patients. And so I would say one part of, you know, what I see in in people that are successful in practice in the MPI world is one, yeah, they almost all have good clinical skills. So that's kind of like, that's obviously our focus. And so that's something that most of them have. It's the other things, the grit and the communication skills. Those are the other factors that lead to, to success. And that the ones that are only focused on the clinical side, they're almost too smart and patients don't they don't respond to them. They don't because they can't talk to their level. And so, I mean, the ones that, that are personable, that are always working at different areas and have a little bit of, please tell me I can't do this so I can prove you wrong kind of attitude. Those are the ones that do well in practice. I, I like that word grit. I just read, have you read the book? Yeah. 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 Great. You know, and, and basically Angela Duckworth defines the term grit, uh, the power of passion and and perseverance. So it's really that combination of having the passion for what you're doing and persevering. Sometimes it goes hand in hand. And uh, I think that's something that chiropractors could really learn a lot from is that term grit and taking that to heart. Because <laughs> right. even the, the successful chiropractors have had ups and downs. I mean, it's going to happen. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, I, I tell my students, my classes could be named what I've done wrong over the years instead of the MPI spine class or whatever, you know? And so we've all, it's not how many times you get knocked down because it's going to happen. It's how many times you get back up. Yeah. Maybe there should be an MPI grit class. That's right. Like a, an all inspirational class, a life coaching class by MPI. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you got to throw in some humor and jokes because that's what MPI. We got, we got plenty of those to go around. Say. <laughs> You're going to get adjusting skills, grit, and really good Some jokes. Very inappropriate jokes at times. Yes. <laughs> right. But hey, it's all about communication and having fun. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what else are you going to do for 12 hours? If I just stood up there and taught boring biomechanics and palpation adjusting, like, I couldn't even take a class. I'd fall asleep on myself while I was talking. So, so I, you got to make it fun. You know, and it actually fun. And that's a good topic. You know, it was, I think, was there 120 registrants at the, the Chicago summit? Yeah. yeah it, was, it was sold out. Yeah. You know, it was cool to get to see a bunch of the docs in there and the students. And it was, um, it was just a good, well-rounded group of people. A lot of people that I could see have that grit and really taking it serious and having the passion for it. So definitely a compliment to the type of doctor and, and student you're attracting. You know, since Mark has taken over an MPI, he's a really good servant leader. And so, I mean, it's a, it's an underlying theme when Mark and I put together the the MPI why, because I'm a, I like Angela Duckworth and Carol Dweck's mindset, the growth mindset and the fixed mindset book. And 
you know, the start with why with Simon Sinek, like Mark and I sat down and decided, you know, what's our, our why? Like, what's our, the deeper purpose for us teaching these classes? Because it's definitely not to make money. I mean, we make more money in practice than we were teaching these classes. We wanted the, the MPI culture to be one that creates a community of people that are like-minded and that have a support group. Because a lot of people, we feel like you take a, a class and you don't necessarily like you almost feel like you you have to be great at it immediately and not have like that there should be a little bit of vulnerability built into what we do you know i think in our classes and and that creates this culture and this community of people that are wanting you to succeed like you have a cheerleading squad when you take an mpi class we want to see you succeed because if you succeed then we know we're doing our job and so we wanted the mpi classes and instructors to really get this idea that you know we're here to leave this profession a little better space than when we found it and we also want to create a community of people that we can all lean on if we need to because you have to have that you have to have a support group and chiropractors are very much a middle finger in the air. We don't anti-institution. We don't need you for anything. But the fact is that they we need a support group. We all do. We all have to have people we can lean on during some times. And that's what we wanted to create with MPI is a, a culture of people that have a growth mindset, a little bit of grit to them, and some vulnerability. And to know that we all fail. And that's, that's, that's okay to fail. As long as you keep keep trying and keep falling forward, we're, we're cool with that. Yeah. And where do you think experienced chiropractors uh, can benefit from the different MPI courses and such? Obviously, we talked about like you can definitely gain skill set and all that, but just overall, if you're talking to the experienced chiropractor. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the experienced chiropractor, they get very, and they have to, you get very into your routines. You know, you, you have a day that looks very similar day in and day out. And I think the MPI classes, you know, hopefully the MPI classes one, they bring something new to the table. They bring some things that maybe you weren't thinking about to help your patients. Like that's the ultimate end goal is to to serve at the highest level is to help your patients. So maybe you get something clinically, but also to see that, you know, you can mentor these people. Like mentoring is a big part of as as you grow through any profession or anything in life, you want to get to that mentorship. And that's something the clinical, the experienced clinical docs or experienced docs out there, not only will they get something clinically from our classes, but I, I think they see an opportunity to really mentor a really good, high achieving, high performing, potential pushing students that's going to be the future of our profession that's going to ultimately kind of take the torch from us. And so it's a chance to mentor some really good kids and some really good new docs that are going to be our colleagues soon and to be able to steer them through the pitfalls of, of practice and get a chance to kind of give back and then maybe inspire a little bit to the younger generations of chiropractors. So I think that's another part is to be a part of something that's a little bit bigger than yourself and your practice. Another thing I think too, you mentioned earlier uh, vulnerability. I think that's a key thing where, uh, you know, if you've been practicing for five, 10, 15, 20 years, it may feel uh, like a vulnerable situation to go into an adjusting class or a shoulder class or a gate and go into there and say, you know what, I know I don't know everything and I'm willing to, to go to this course and put everything that I know aside and just really learn. And maybe you take home something that really can change your, your practice and your skill set. And being honest with yourself is like, you know what, I'm not so up to date on the shoulder or the disc or whatever, or I can improve a little bit or just want to keep on, like you said, having that growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. I challenge experienced chiropractors all the time with that from everything from clinical to business to marketing is, is to stop pretending like you know everything and, and be 
uh, humble and, and obviously be vulnerable to keep on learning. Right. That's what we hope to get to. I mean, we don't have a lot of docs take our class. And I think part of that is that they don't want to go into a group of people that are not even practicing yet and not being able to do what some of these kids can do, you know, <laughs> from an adjusting standpoint. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that we can all learn something from an MPI class, I think. And I, th- I think there's lots to learn in MPI class clinically. But not only that, is that it does give you that chance to to be humbled a little bit, but also to show people that you can be successful in practice and still have room to grow. I think that's a, the mentoring part that I talk about. And I think that's something that the experienced doc, you know, maybe needs to know a little bit more about. Absolutely. I know for me, when I was in your your class in Chicago and you were covering the shoulder girdle as far as the, the mm-hmm. joint palpation and just to to get a kind of a refresher on some of the palpations of the CT junction and everything was just really a good refresher for me. And, and it's been fun because, you know, when you do have a practice to go back to, uh, you can just start uh, testing that on people. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Maybe it's a different <laughs> method of adjusting. You went over a few different types, you know, whether it was seated or supine or whatever it may be. Right, yeah, yeah. That's the nice part about practice. That's why they call it practice. <laughs> Just don't tell the patients that, right? That's right. They don't have to know. <laughs> they don't really care what you know until they know you care anyway, right? Yeah, that's that's actually very true. Lastly, uh, how can the audience find MPI, some of the courses, things of that nature? Yeah, so we, the, the website's motionpalpation.org. We constantly are trying to update that and make some new things or make some things better on there. So that's the website. And there's a there's a seminars uh, list in there. Um, we do have the uh, courses on video, so those are also on the, the website. Those are you have to purchase those, but we do have the four main classes on videos for you have that for a reference, and they're pretty inexpensive. We do have the MPI Facebook page, and I pretty much run that. And so Mark is on Twitter. We do have an Instagram account, so we're out there, and we're continuing to add some things and. Like we talked about before, we're going to start up a, an MPI blog. And so be looking for that. And we'll be uh, starting an MPI podcast. So we're going to, we're going to jump into the podcast world because why not? Everybody else does. But we're going to continue to uh, increase our, our footprint and our presence a little bit through, through some of the things that, that you do well and just continue to grow and kind of stay up with the times. And, but right now it's the Facebook page and the website are probably our two primary places to find classes. And so Bobby's maybe he's going to stop by my class this weekend in Portland and, and say hi to the group. So, you know, we're trying to stay up with the times and, and run with the cool people as much as possible. Well, it's exciting that you guys have uh, become a key contributor to the chiropractic success Academy as well with some of the, the videos. Yeah. That's exciting. I know the, just the content generation that you guys are going to start doing to be a leading resource in this. Cause I, it's needed, you know, it's, 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 right. it's very much needed and it's exciting to see uh, some of that coming out, you know, helping out as any way I can to, to make some of that happen. But yeah, there'll be a lot of good content coming out from MPI here. So uh, good, good times coming and it'll, you know, a lot of it's going to be just uh, easy to consume and free. And, and then you're going to start to learn a lot just to keep up with it. That's one of the things that's cool about nowadays is, is yeah, it's great to read books. I read books all the time, but now if you can get into a group like motion palpation and start reading and consuming some of the content, whether it's the videos you're doing or a podcast or the blogs, you can keep up to times on the clinical relevancy of it. So right. it's so much easier now to do that. 
Yeah, it is. And that's our, our goal for this year is to jump in the mix and create some more content. We do have a YouTube channel too. I run that as well. So there's some things on there and we're getting ready to to launch some videos on there too as well. So there's that. So yeah, we're going to try to get, be a resource out there because uh, we just want to see people, you know, serve at the highest levels and, and do the right things for their patients. And like I say, to summarize our why, it would be to do the right thing for the right reasons at a higher level for a higher purpose. And that's kind of what we want is to, you know, make a really good clinician, not only a good clinician out there, but somebody that serves our patients at the highest levels and hopefully leaves their community a little better spot than when they found it. And so that's, that's our goal. Well, with that said, I really want to appreciate you for your time today. And I know you and I will be chatting regularly and getting content out there. Perfect. Thank you. Before I let you go, I want to give you three ways that we could potentially work together in helping growing your practice. First is the Chiropractic Success Academy, and it's an online academy with a closed Facebook group, a monthly Zoom call as a group, and we really work through a lot of key aspects of growing your business, such as marketing, business, the clinical side of things, and also the mindset. And we have a great academy built out with all kinds of information you'd want that you can go through at your own pace. We have a, for new members a kind of a game plan of following these first set of modules so you don't get overwhelmed and then go from there. We bounce ideas around in the Facebook group. You have some access to myself and Dr. Bobby Maybe, and you can find that at bit.ly, B-I-T L-Y slash your CSA circle. So that's number one way you can work with me. Number two, another way we can work together is through the... CSA retreat we're having in Portland, Oregon, and that's going to be June 21st through 23rd. And that's where we're going to really dive one-on-one live as a group and get into the details of growing your practice. And we've got some special guests coming to that, Dr. Josh Satterley, Dr. Aaron Jorgensen, and you can find that at bit.ly slash CSA retreat. And then lastly, we're doing, I'm doing some one-on-one coaching. I've got uh, some chiropractors we're working with. If you're interested in that, where you have a coach and you have someone holding you accountable and we get really clear on the modern chiropractic marketing principles. And that is the coaching is MCM mastery. And if you're interested in that, you can go to bit.ly slash MCM coach, and you can check out that information or contact me at Kevin at modern And I can discuss it more with you. So Hope those are some ways where you think we can work together and help grow together. And I appreciate everything that I've learned from you. And I love sharing some of the stuff I've been able to learn through interviewing people and doing this for 15 years in private practice. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.